Well, would you look at that, Alex Keller? I, I'm looking, and I see an Alex Keller. But I'm looking in a mirror now, and I see Mike Harding. And guess who's looking at both of us? It's the Filmtastic Voyage. Mike, I am bursting at the seams. Really? Bursting at the seams for what, Alex? To talk about movies. You look so excited right now. Bursting at the seams to talk about movies. It's a bunch of shit to talk about. There is. The last couple of episodes, we have been just lazy fucking assholes and not watch anything. And then this week, this last couple of weeks, I've watched like fucking a million movies. Listen, I did my homework, sir. I, I took, I, I, you'll be so happy. I've, I've done some homework. I've seen some stuff. Seen some flicks? Yeah. If you keep up with my letterbox, Alex. Hey, I keep up with your letterbox. I kind of I glance at it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I want to wait till the podcast. is going to get spoiled by your opinions. I, sir, I, I won't say what it is, because you probably want to talk about it later, but I saw you rate a certain James Bond movie a pretty high rating for... Uh, for, for uh, I, I would say it's a pretty high rating for, for that particular Bond movie, but... Um, you well, know, we can talk about we'll that later. That. We'll get that. We'll get this episode, later. next episode, whatever. Also, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, everyone! Oh. At the end of this episode, stay tuned for our impressions of a certain female-centric heist movie involving eight plus women. Oh yeah, and a whole and a whole body of water, <laughs> and a whole body of water. Yeah, uh, cool. Uh, Ocean's Eight, everyone. Ocean's Eight. That's the answer. Yes, Ocean's Eight coming to- coming at you towards the end. Yep, towards the end. So you know, unfiltered. Yeah. You're really going to hear us, you know, uncensored, after dark, I don't know, something or other. Yeah, bite down on that cloth because the pain's coming. Ew. The pain. <laughs> uh, so, Alex, catch me up, man. This is, it, it feels like a little while. It's been There's a been while. a gap. There's been a little gap. So the first thing I want to mention is so I happened, off the quick, I want to get this clear the air. Sure. I saw a TV spot for The Predator. Did you see this particular TV spot for The, the Predator? The t- No, I haven't seen a TV well, spot I'm for The Predator. Well, I'm not going to say what's going to happen because it was a little spoilery, but my, oh, I, my excitement level is going down, 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 down oh, by the minute. that sucks. I'm getting real Predators vibes. Really? Yeah. Ah, that sucks. So, man, like, again, a movie's not bad till it is, but I'm, like, this was the first one where the plot sort of was trickling in a bit, like, sprinkled on, like, what the movie's going to be about, uh-huh. and I'm just... I don't know. We'll see. It's a big we'll see, but I don't like what I'm seeing. Now, you said it has a Predators vibe? Yeah. That ain't bad. That Just, ain't bad. Well, a Predators vibe in that, like I mentioned before, the movie's kind of about, oh, man, they're enhancing themselves. Yeah. So it's yeah. more, more. it's going to be, you know, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of that whole super Predator and riffraff going yeah. on. What a bunch of shit. Hey, Alex, mm-hmm. pitch me a Predator movie. I think I already did, but I'll do it again. It sure. starts like Fast and Furious, ends like Predator. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you get a bunch of dudes, hot, like, you know, that's muscly right. dudes and, and, and sexy ladies and whatever the hell the cast of Fast and Furious is comprised of, and you have them do cool car stunts and fucking heists and shit. And then the Predator shows up halfway through because that's Predator movies need to be <laughs> a sort of, not necessarily a lampooning, but like a really heightened action movie that eventually devolves into the Predator showing up. 
Yeah. And similarly, just popping into my brain right now, you know what I would love to see is like like an Avengers esque team, right? They they go in to save the day. But like, you know, they're like, you know, they're off brand, they're annoying, kinda they're overdone, you know? Mm. And you have them getting picked off by the Predator. Well, good news, Mike. Huh. Fresh off the, the presses, fucking Fox has accepted that Disney deal. Oh, thank God. I mean, like, I haven't, I believe, like... It still I was has seen, to go to court, though, right? Yeah, it's got to go to court and all that stuff. And that was reports. But, like, so Comcast was like, hey, Fox, how's $65 billion in cash sound? And Disney's like, well, how's, like, 75 or 71 <laughs> or whatever? 66! No, they were like, they were like, how's $75 billion in, in stock and cash? And fuck you, Comcast. And Fox was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. That thank sounds pretty you. good. Jesus. Um, thank the, you, Jesus. My favorite comment yeah. on that whole thing was, uh, like, um... I, like someone went to to the the embodiment of Disney. It's like, what did it cost you? And Disney's like everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that whole thing, Alex, mm-hmm. is I I went like whatever six months ago probably when that news broke that this might be happening. There was a lot of people that are like, oh god, no, ew, damn, uh. But then when Kevin Feige was like, hey guys. We would love to have Deadpool and X Men and Fantastic Four. We'd love to do stuff with that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "Oh, okay, all well, right, I can get behind this." I'd still prefer Fox to be Fox, but as Fox is selling, there's only one studio I'd rather have them buy him up, and that's Disney. Hey, here's the thing, Fox. I think there should be the the brand name Fox. I think that should still have a brand yeah, name. Yeah, I really hope that they don't dissolve. Um, I, I don't history want, in that. Again, I don't want to see Disney Presents Predator. I don't want to see that. I think it'll be the same as Marvel and Lucasfilm. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you don't go to a Marvel movie and it's like, Walt Disney Presents The Avengers! <laughs> because that's the thing. I think Fox has a certain brand and tone and stuff, especially like with their movies, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, they got, they got that real visceral grit you know real true grit no no whimsy disney's all whimsy fox is grit at its best either grit or absolute failure sure uh but you know what i mean it's like hey if they're making another alien movie like i don't want to see disney's i don't want to i don't want to see the disney tower in front of that right yeah now if the predator was at disneyland you better you better bet your ass and stay in line for two hours to get pictured with predator As long as it's not a door opening and some teenager being like, hello, I'm Predator. No, it's got to be. Uh, uh, I mean, uh. I don't know how they, I never, I've never been visited Chewbacca or whatever they do at Disneyland, but I'm sure it's some very tall person in a costume. Yeah. And they just, you say, uh, oh, hello, Predator. And they have like a stock bunch of sound effects that comes out of their face. Yeah. And uh, you take a picture, you give them a thumbs up, maybe they do a hover hand or something, and then you leave and you get get that photo and then you put it on Facebook and everyone's like, oh my God, I took a picture with Predator. Like, fuck yeah, I did. (laughs) Honestly, man, I would love a Predator ride sort of in the same vein as like Indiana Jones. That would be cool, wouldn't it? But it would it would have to be something where it's like it, you spend a little bit of time in the jungle. You spend a little bit of time in L.A. and you spend a little time on like whatever world that was in Predators. Because if it's just the jungle, that gets sort of eh. maybe Indiana Jones versus Predator. Oh, the interactive stage show. He's like rolling on that, like the Predators hanging on to that <laughs> ball. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, just fuck it. Mishmash all, well, mish, well, mishmash you know, everything. There's that fuck scene it. in Raiders where like he steps in the plate and all those like darts fly out of the wall. What you don't see is that the predator's behind that wall with a tube going Yeah. <laughs> shooting yeah. darts at him. Hey, if anybody could shoot darts out of a little uh 
blow stick or whatever, whatever you call him. Uh, I'm sure Predator. Can the Predator make a vacuum, like a, a seal with his fucking mandibles? <sighs> I don't know. I don't think he could drink through a straw. I'd like to see the Predator drink through a straw. He, I'm, I think he could drink through a straw. I don't think he could drink through a straw, man. No? No. He okay. like, doesn't have lips. He's That's got like his, he's always like hardy <laughs> dart. Yeah, basically. That's what he sounds like when no one's around. <laughs> oh man. See, we never hear that the predator sounds like by himself. We always hear him go like, you know, over here. Or whatever, you know. Well no, he has that uh, uh, no, uh, he has uh, noises uh, though. No, he has like It's that, like weird that, cricket, cricket noises. Cricket noises. Like that. It's like Yeah. Um, so Alex, listen, so the predator should try to like assassinate somebody like the predator should be like, oh man, I'm going to try and take out like, I want like, it couldn't be our president, but like the president of this country doesn't exist, you know? And it's like the most dangerous game because he's like guarded by so much fucking security it, it could, and layers and stuff. So it's it like, it could be our president. No. <laughs> just kidding. I, well, I'm just talking, but, you know, yeah. Um, don't want to raise a fuss. No, 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 no. no. But wouldn't, you know, that'd be something. Yes. Now, <laughs> um, Alex, this I sorry, I've been chomping at the bit all day mm-hmm. to announce this news to you. And I, I, I'm sorry to take a hard turn here, but I know this is going to be chock full one of, of them, conversation. One of them classic Harding turns. Chock full of conversation. Yeah, one of them classic Harding turns, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just know that if you haven't heard about this, you're going to love it. Okay, so today, yeah. this morning, uh-huh. on Twitter, okay. there was a Twitter handle that was like, remake The Last Jedi. Oh, I've seen this. Have you heard about this? I saw this. And and it's basically these uh, group, of ner- uh, group of nerds. I can call them nerds, whatever. Um, they're like, yeah, guys. I would call them a group of losers. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to have just a ton of Star Wars fans like, you know, come in and like help write us, uh, help write this. This we're gonna remake the Last Jedi, and you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna get all this money from our investors. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get all this money from our investors to have a pitch meeting with Disney, and Disney's gonna have to say yes. They gotta remake it, and it's like, and then <laughs> there's so much wrong with this, this train of thought. But keep what was so funny? Two things, three things that are really funny about this that developed throughout the day today. Uh, and by the time this comes out, it won't be today. But it'll be yesterday. Seth Rogen immediately started asking them questions, uh-huh. like like uh, logical questions. Uh-huh. They're like, "Wait, so guys, like, who's your investors, and like, how much money do you have, and like, how is this, how, like, what is the plan here?" And they're like, "Well, we're gonna do this, that, and that." And he's like, "But like." How <laughs> and, then they, and then they're like, yeah, I don't know, blah blah blah. Um, so there was some back and forth with that, which was real funny. That sounds pretty fun. Um, and then I heard, okay, two rumors. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. First of all, the first one was I don't know if this was a meme or if this was actually on Twitter, but apparently, uh, uh, Ryan Johnson responded mm-hmm. with just a bunch of clapping and saying, "Do it, do it, <laughs> remake it, remake it, do it. I want you to remake it. Let's see you do this." Mm-hmm. So I thought that was great. And then um, apparently it's raised 
46 million dollars which i feel is not right i think i saw well i saw the picture that was forty six thousand dollars. okay that would sound or 20 something more correct that would sound much more correct because 46 million would be fucking crazy that nothing in the history of of kickstarting has raised 46 million dollars. no yeah see there's a picture right now i'm looking at right now that it's raised twenty seven thousand dollars. 20 okay okay but part of me honestly dude part of me wait what Where's it million? Hold on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Alex is checking this. Because like now it looks like it's like oh there there are commas there. Le- well, who's the investors then? Ladies and gentlemen, Alex is checking his his stats to see how much money has been raised. Oh, I see. So the way they do this is it's how much you pledge. You don't actually send the money. You just pledge money. So I'm sure a lot of people are pledging them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, like joke. they haven't actually sent money to them yet. Yeah, I see. But how much how much money has been pledged? I don't know. Probably that forty six million you were talking about then. Okay, interesting. But I can't find a link to this whole thing. Huh. Interesting. Well, either way, I I've never heard of a of such a, a weird kind of like movement. Or I, I mean, I don't want to call it a movement. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like it, it is very strange. Um. First of all, okay, so Ryan Johnson did indeed respond saying, please do this. Right, I saw this right now. And, yeah. uh, um, okay, so. But, uh, there's a lot wrong with, uh, everything they said. Because, A, but so yeah, apparently that, uh, this website or whatever they're doing, it's just pledging, which is, I think a lot of people have pledged, because you can pledge $10,000 at a time. Oh, I see. So people are sort of playing into the joke. I think a lot of people are playing into the joke, because no one in their right mind would donate to this. And, uh, B,. That's not possible. It's not how Hollywood works, so... No. And C, someone brought up a very good point. Carrie Fisher passed away. So uh, these people are proposing... What these people are proposing is, hey, we're going to go to Disney. Disney's going to say yes, and then we're literally going to remake this movie with all the actors and everything, and we're going to do it again, right? But how offensive is that to Carrie Fisher's memory? Quite. Quite, mm-hmm. Yes. But there's nothing I want to see more, honestly. Like, there's nothing I would love to see more than, like, a group of these, of, no offense to them or anybody, but, you know, Star Wars fanatics in a room arguing about what this movie should be and then trying to make this movie without any directing or filming experience. I just, ah, I just, I want to see it. I want to read their script. I want to see what their ideal version of The Last Jedi is, if they can come to some sort of consensus. Yeah. Because would it be the thing where it's just, oh, man, wouldn't it be so cool if Luke just, like, cut up a bunch of people with a lightsaber, or would it actually actually have substance? I really doubt, the, doubt, I really doubt it. Yeah. Um, hey, for anybody who's interested, why don't you leave a comment telling us your pitch for remaking no, The wanna, Last no, Jedi? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Oh man. So Alex, um what what are some movies you've seen uh Well actually while we're on Star Wars, you heard the whole spin-off thing, didn't you? The news about the spin-offs. Oh. Not really news. More like well now there's there's two there's so it was an unconfirmed report uh that Lucasfilm was shelving the what do you call it? The spin-off program, I guess. For the yeah, movie. anthology yeah. program. Yeah. yeah, and then today, uh, I think not Lucasfilm, but like ABC News, so I guess Disney was like, "That's not true. We're still they're still working on them." So 
I think what it basically what it means is, but are both true probably. It's I have a feeling that like in, if Solo was a success, they just keep going and making Fett, and they'd be making yeah. Kenobi. And I remember reading months ago that they were talking about making. Like, oh, they're looking into making movies with, like, Jabba the Hutt and Young Yoda and shit. And, like, you know, all the original trilogy characters. And I'm, Jabba the Hutt the movie. I don't know. They, they would be <laughs> the characters. But, like, stuff involving them. And I was always like, that's stupid. Um, so oh. what, what I imagine the actual story you is. Just call it Hutt. Anyways, sorry. Is the ahead. actual story is probably that Lucasfilm after Solo was, like, nobody cares about Solo. They're like, oh, right. You can't, like, just because a character is beloved doesn't make them movie worthy. Right. So let's pump the brakes on this. Let's kind of, you know, just do some research. Let's let's calm down. Let's not just start making movies for the sake of making movies. But, like, the anthology movies aren't, like, scuttled, you know? That's, that, that is what I'm assuming. Mm. One of two things. I think they're going to go back to the drawing board and be like, hey, guys, let's reevaluate what we're doing and why people would be interested in seeing these, mm-hmm. right? And what I think that's going to mean also is maybe they'll be a little less shy about kind of like um, exploring different genres, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or like, like let's say, you know, uh, the Boba Fett movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if if that could be something that's easily marketable if you were to make it like real, like, Real gritty, you know, maybe like a maybe like a hard PG thirteen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Star Wars should never be R. I hate Star people. Wars. No, 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 no. I fucking hate it when people are like, oh, it should be a fucking R rated Star Wars no, movie. No, no. Like, what could they possibly Come do? Come on. Like more. That's... I guess like the only thing I can think of is you cut more heads off. But like Star Wars doesn't really have that much blood. Like you get hit with a blaster bullet, and you're like ah, but like no one's yeah. getting their arms cut off and stuff. And if you are, it just feels so un Star Warsy to it's, have that much gore. That's too off brand. And like if you're having them swear, then get the fuck out of here because Star Wars barely has swearing in it. That kind of bothered me about Solo, by the way. Minor spoiler: where uh, uh, Lando Calrissian almost says shit, and I'm like, you can't swear in Star Wars. This is what the swears don't exist in Star Wars. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be it's funny. It's like it's that thing which I've heard a complaint about the Last Jedi, which I kind of agree with. Is the Last Jedi is written like normal people in a Star Wars universe as opposed to Star Wars people in the Star uh, Wars universe? I think it's a legitimate thing. They feel they don't feel like they feel like nor- like a lot of the ways that people talk. They use kind of more modern sayings, and it's kind of weird. It's, it lacks that classical sort of pulp feel. That sort of uh, you know, I can't think of an exact phrase right now, but you know, there's a very sort of stiffness, and for lack of a better word, to the way that Star Wars people talk. And in the Last Jedi, they talk a little more, a little more uh, funky, fresh, talking about like, "Oh man, look at this big ass door," and like, you know. Well, okay. One thing I will say, and this is something that I've always felt, and something that I'll always agree with, is Finn was a lot less manic in Last Jedi. He was a lot less animated and like a lot less to do and frantic and you know um so i'll give you that however everything else man i'm perfectly fine with i don't know it's like a minor thing but that's like you know yeah it's a minor thing that like i don't really care about but i can see why people are bothered by it and sure like there's a lot of just need a nice like just a nice polished pass to sort of just like smooth out some of that weirdness well, you know, I've been a huge... So they'll rewrite it, and they'll remake it. Oh, my it. God, yeah. And then in this version, Luke Skywalker goes whoosh, whoosh, boom, bam, boom. And then Luke Skywalker, like, you know, he's, like, actually there fighting with the lightsaber, and then he goes off and flies off the planet like a cool guy, and then, <laughs> and then, bleh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what that movie's going to be. The remake. 
of Last Jedi, that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, here's the thing, man. Um, I'm sure Episode Nine, like I've said so many times, is going to be back to your good old Star Wars feel. I guarantee it. Well, we'll I see. Guarantee I like, it. I personally enjoy. It. I like J.J. Abrams' style over Ryan Johnson's, so I'm just excited for that. Now, I was thinking actually earlier. Well, two things. I was thinking. I'm more excited for episode nine because not for, or not really, I'm very excited just in general, but uh, like right now at this very moment, I'm like, you know how I'm more excited not to see like, oh man, how are these, char- what are these characters going to, like, how are they going to get out of this situation? Cause the characters don't have a situation to get out of them. I'm like, boy, how is Lucasfilm going to get out of this sticky situation with episode <laughs> nine? So it's more of a meta, like, oh geez, what are they going to do next? You know, kind of thing. I mean, honestly, it, it, if episode nine is a big movie, if episode nine is as big as like, uh, Return of the Jedi. Well, I guess like bigger than Return of the Jedi because there's a lot of movie that were just bears dancing. But like, if it's a big movie, then all of a sudden the trilogy is a great trilogy. I want so. episode nine to be the episode three of the trilogy, which is to say episode three kind of is what that trilogy is about. Yeah. Like it has the look of the prequel trilogy and that's also because the Clone Wars helped a lot kind of solidify that look. But like episode three is what the prequel trilogy looks like, I think. It has a lot of like the stuff a lot of the ships, a lot of the designs. It's just sort of is the prequel trilogy imperfected, and I just want this one to be that, where it's got new stuff, new ships. All the characters are, like, doing it. They're all there. They're all doing it. Like, you know, they're all <laughs> formed, and they're doing their thing, and they all, everything, you know. Episode- scene, scene one, interior. Finn's bedroom. Well, because, like, <laughs> you know. Episode- Finn and Rose are doing it. Oh, no, shut up. Uh, anyways, like you know, Finn and Poe and Ray, mostly Finn and Poe, kind of have their arcs in Episode Eight, and they get to where they need to be. So I'm just hoping they are there in Episode Nine, just kind of have and just having fun, just doing well, swashbuckling. Yeah. Goddamn it! I mean, the the way that this movie ended is the gang's back together. Mm-hmm. The whole gang is back together. So whatever they do in Episode Nine, it'll be a big glorious thing, and you know, yeah, hope it's fun. And then another thing I was thinking, do you think that the whole violent backlash against Episode Eight and Star Wars in general right now is because the people who hate Episode Eight are only just now realizing that Star Wars is just movies? Uh, that's a tough question, man. Because I was wondering that. And so, like... Because nowadays, with the internet and everything, you, you're you seeing all the production trouble and all the this, that, and the other thing, all the behind the scenes. And it's hard to ignore the fact that these, these are just movies. And I can feel like a lot of people sort of getting the magic sucked out of their, their viewing experience, even though they've always just been movies. So. Uh, well, you know what? I sort of, I actually sort of disagree with you there. Well, it's more of a theory than anything. Because here's the thing, and I'm not going to say this just about Star Wars. I'm going to say this about big blockbuster movies, a bunch of them. BBMs? It... <laughs> uh, you know, when you have something that is like a fantasy or science fiction or, or uh, I guess those two are the big ones. Those are umbrella terms. But, you know, especially when you're a kid or a young adult, like you watch the movie and then what do you want to do? You want to play the video game. You want to read the book. You want to buy them. You want to buy and play with the toys, right? And like, 
that sort of fuels this thing in your brain where you're like, man, you know, I, I have these action figures. I'm I'm thinking up these own. I'm thinking up these adventures for these action figures. And as like, an adult or as a kid? As a kid. Okay, good. Because I'm like, I, I mean, that's a I very. Hope you don't do that. No, no, no. I mean, that's a very specific situation. But you know, I mean, there are different situations for that as a teenager, as an adult too, where it's mm. like. Let's say you're 13. I imagine a lot of 13-year-olds being like, I'm going to write my own fan fiction. Nah, right? And then they write their own fan fiction where it's like, this is what I thought episode eight was going to be where Finn and Ray are bleh, swashbuckling, right? You know, so there's versions of that. And then as an adult, like, you know, it, it could be as simple as just like, oh, you know, man, they're coming out with episode eight in... Uh, 2017 i bet it's gonna be this oh i bet it's gonna be that oh man i bet we're gonna see this i bet we're gonna see that blah 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 right so you know i mean there's a lot of room there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of ownership with that kind of thing as opposed to like let's say you see a movie like um oh like the seven psychopaths no one's gonna be like, oh man, there's a sequel coming out, and I bet it's gonna be this. I bet it's gonna be that. I bet it's yeah, gonna be this. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Right. You know. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, you know what? My kid, he's playing with the seven psychopaths action figures. He's thinking up all these adventures for him. Mm-hmm. There's none of that. There's. You know it's what I mean? The nerd culture part of it. There is. There's a. There's a consumer culture behind fantasy, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like all this fun, playful. It's this whole other world you can play with, and I think. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's a very like personal, I think entertainment in general is very personal relationship someone has with this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, so when someone sort of ham fists their own, their own vision of this and it's not matching up with what you want, like Ryan Johnson, people are like, well, wait, but I wanted, I wanted this. So this is what I wanted. That's probably one part of it. I don't think there's a reason. It was just more of no. a potential one reason. Yeah. But, yeah. So. And it's fine not to like The Last Jedi, obviously. It's what? It's fine not to like The Last Jedi. I have problems with it. Well, sure. And trust me. I, I know. <laughs> but I like it more than most people on the internet, it seems. At least people who talk on the internet. I just, I mean, I just love how, you know, I've, we've been, man, I've, I've talked so much about The Last Jedi, but, you know, there's, there's reasons within the movie that I love it, and there's reasons without, uh, you know, uh, outside of the movie why I love it so much. Well, the real question, I guess, is, like, what's the last movie you've seen as an adult that was actually, like, special? Because I don't think that the kind of thing exists. It's more of a childhood thing, and so I think the people, like, because I don't think... Because all it was like bound to happen that there'd be a bad Star Wars movie that would ruin Star Wars for somebody. Uh-huh. Like I don't think like I think the chance of Star Wars being super good for super long is you know movies are difficult to make and I that would be really really shocking to like you know it'd be like a kind of like a like Marvel Phase Three is like the closest thing I've seen any time to being like a pretty good run of movies uh-huh. and even then they're kind of like compared to Star Wars they're just sort of like ah oh, that was fun you know. Sure. And they're not really like important to anybody. I think they're average. I think they're marketed as low investment movies, also. That too. I mean, like they be- they benefit from being movies that aren't cultural touchstones necessarily. I mean, like occasionally they'll be like an Avengers, I guess. But who knows? But um, yeah, the um, like I don't know. Maybe it's. I think, like I say, I think it's a lot of people realizing that uh, you know they'll never get that childhood innocence back, and that's the, like you know. Uh, it, it only would take one movie to be like, oh man, 
now I'm like ever to realize that they're just movies and the uh, you know that that hurts sometimes that hurts and like I say like you know movies are what you do with them and you know it's not hard to sort of be excited and sort of you know have a sense of joy about movies you just have to let yourself sort of let it you know you just have to not care you just gotta there's, let go well there's that and then also I think if you generally don't like something it's okay to be honest about not liking it too right oh, yeah, absolutely like uh you know and that's the thing yeah like you're, you're totally right like i i don't think there's i think a lot of people think i think a lot of people think that since something is a franchise and since it's been around for a while that it somehow has this blank this this blanket of uh you know it, it's protected from being bad or whatever or it's mm. protected from being certain things mm-hmm. that you would not want it to be. And I think um, time and time again, Alex, hey, we see that happen time and time again, all right? Um, listen, I mean, there's a million franchises that have had bad movies, and Star Wars falls into that too. There's very few franchises that have only had good movies. For, I can't think, is there a single franchise that has more than four movies where all of them are good? Uh, Fast and Furious. No, nope. I don't know. I haven't seen all those. Uh, like, there are good trilogies, but are there any good quadrilogy plus movies series that are see, all good? Thing. I don't even know if there's been good trilogies. Toy Story, and, and I think it's all relative too. Toy Story trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy, okay. Lord of the Rings. No, 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 no. See, we're looking at okay. Some of that stuff we're looking at through our own age. Uh, like, like okay. Star Wars, when it was just those three movies, there was one of those movies that everybody complained about afterwards, and that was Return of the Jedi. Well, everyone likes Return, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Toy Story, the Toy Story trilogy is airtight. No, no, no. Toy Story gets divisive. Oh, it does not. And it it does though. There's like two people who are like don't like Toy Story two or whatever, and that's it. The second one people often say is the weakest of the three. Yeah, but like a, like an A movie is like compared to an A plus movie. Yes, I, I, I I don't know. I, eh, I don't know. I it. The weird thing about Toy Story is like I felt like the first one was its own movie, and then I felt like two and three were sort of the same, sort of dealing with the same thing. But I felt like the third one dealt with it better than the second. And that was sort of the fact that, like, hey, kids don't play with toys forever, you guys. I think the third one was about sort of... I don't, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. I mean, like, the second one was about that, and the third one was more about, like, you know, now that we're actually facing, looking in the face, what do we do, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. Uh, all those Toy Story movies are great. Um but let's see another trilogy dark knight trilogy everybody hates the third one godfather trilogy everybody hates the third one uh the die hard quindrilogy and those are there's at least two. <laughs> there's at least two if not three stinkers in there uh alien same thing so yeah whatever fuck it you know mad max uh people will say like back to the future and i don't think back to the future part 2 or 3 are particularly good Okay, Back to the Future. The first one's great. Yeah, that's a re- that's like one of the best. It's movies like eighties. It's like a nine out of ten, if not a ten out of ten. Yep. And then two and three are like sevens. Uh, I think it's diminishing returns. It's six. like for me, it's like you know gold, 
like not gold, like bronze, and then like you know, A for effort. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this: Which one is your least favorite out of those three? three? The third one, right? Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Because here's the thing: the second one gets way the fuck too dark. But at least it's still interesting. Well, they go on places, and it's visually inventive. And the third one, it's not a very good Western. It's just sort of like, they go to the West. Third like one's they, silly. It's just kind of like whatever. And like, it's, I don't know. They got like ZZ Top in the Wild West for no reason. And then he's like, yeah. And then he's like facing off against Biff's um, like ancestor or something. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's, the movies aren't very serious and whatever, but it's fine. Speaking of which, you see the, I'm going to guess you haven't. The trailer for the Robert Zemecki's new movie? I know I said that wrong on purpose. Uh, I have. Oh, you did? With the, the toys? The dolls? Um, Yes, it's with Steve Carell. Oh, right? wow. That's like the first trailer you've ever actually seen when I asked you, have you seen this trailer? I know. Listen, man, I did some homework, all right? Uh, you know, I, I, I took what you said to heart, Alex, and I did some homework. Well, I found it funny because apparently that movie's based on a true story about a guy who had like memory loss because uh-huh. he got beat up or something but it's actually about him remembering how much he likes to cross dress which is not going to be in that movie i'm sure really yeah huh and well, that's uh, too bad yeah it's like well that'll be maybe it will be but i i feel like it's probably a little more casual come on zemeckis you know it's time to put it, it's <laughs> it's time to put your hand on the table that's the that's the pg version of that saying hey zemeckis it's time to put your hand on the table all right, and just and and be ambitious. You've had your success. Mm. I also like. I thought it was interesting because I don't. Nec- I don't think this is a, wrong, a bad thing, but it does seem a little bit of the time because this is a movie where it's like I have like you know I have all these ladies and they kill a bunch of Nazis and like this seems like a lot of like a real like kind of almost contemporary. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you call it? Topical. Uh, uh, what's the you know? Yeah, it's like a commentary on uh, what's uh, what's going on. I feel. Yeah, dude. Um, and I was like, hey, hmm. I won't get into it, but it's been a rough couple of weeks. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Of, are you going to see it? Are you going to see this? Eh, I don't thing? know. I've, I haven't been a Zemeckis fan as of late. I've, I haven't been a Zemeckis fan as of all. What? I mean, I like his movies, but I'm, I'm not going to go see a movie because it's a Robert Zemeckis movie. No. Yeah. Same here. After whatever the Joseph Gordon-Levitt... I saw that. It was like, yep. Yeah. Like, you know, Roger Rabbit's a classic. Back to the Future's a classic. All those all those. Forrest great, Gump. Um, Forrest even though everybody has turned on that movie for some reason. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. That um, movie's fine. What else has he done? He's done some stuff. Cast Away. Oh, yeah, Cast Those Away. really weird I hated movies. Cast Away when I saw it. I hated it. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. But as an older, as an older person... Castaway, uh, pretty good idea. Pretty mm-hmm. good, pretty great performances. Yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah. What lies beneath? No, was that him? Yeah. And Death Becomes Her. I think they were both Robert Zemeckis. Death Becomes Her was him. Yeah. Um, oh, we don't have to sure. go through his filmography right now. Uh, but yeah. Um, Alex, listen, I've been chomping at the bit. Please chomp. Uh, this is the second time this podcast that I'm going to tell you something because I've been chomping at the bit because of it. Yeah, like a shark. And here's the thing. Um, I watched one of the movies that I told you I would watch. I think I saw on the Letterboxd, but what? Now, uh, I'll just pick one of them. Whatever, because I only have time for one. 
And I'll just mention the other one some other time. That's uh, the next episode. Everyone, tune in next episode. Uh, Cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, I watched The Seven Psychopaths. Oh, yeah. You talked about that earlier today. Yeah. Um, hey, what a great movie. Fuck the cops. <laughs> Fuck them. Oh, I love that line. Not uh, that line, but just the delivery of said line. It's a great Christopher Walken performance. It's probably his last great performance. He's he's pretty much just Christopher Walken in that no, movie. No, but he like has a lot of heart. Which is great. There's that great monologue where he's talking in the tape recorder and he's like talk, telling his idea of how the movie should end or how the script should end. I thought that was like a really good piece of Christopher Walken. He's, he's a very stiff Christopher Walken in the movie, but it works. Mm-hmm. It works. It's not like it's him playing him, I think, but in a great way. It's not like you're watching his ABC Peter Pan him I've playing not seen Hook. That. It's, it's not great. But whatever, he's like in his seventies, I think, right? So he's hey, anything he's doing is is fantastic. Um, Seven Psychopaths, everybody. If you don't know, it's by the same director, Martin McDonough. 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 Okay. Um, Oirish. He directed the recently uh, Oscar acclaimed movie, uh, Three Billboards Outside of uh, Ebbing, Missouri, yeah. which was my favorite movie of last year. He also did. Uh, in Bruges, which is another fantastic film. In Bruges, yeah. I need to watch the rest of that because I watched about half of it and I was like, I'm bored and I turned it off. But I was a stupid, stupid person for doing Were you expecting like that. the Boondock Saints? Like, oh uh, man, this movie's going to be cool. It's going to be like the Boondock Saints. You know what it was? Is like they were, it was him and, Bre- uh, sorry, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson just sort of hanging out for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, click. Oh, you didn't get to... Did you get to at least you're an inanimate fucking object? No. Oh, man. Or, and I didn't get to when uh, uh, Ray Fiennes yeah, ended him the movie. Being, oh, and I hear that's when the movie gets really fucking good. And the whole movie, I think, is really fucking good. But, yeah, it's also... He's great in it, too. Yeah, that's what I hear. So I need to... I uh, Martin, uh, Martin McDonough? McDon- McDonough? McDonough. McDonough? Uh, that's a director that I want to go back and just watch all his movies. All three of his movies. He's also a playwright and stuff. His brother makes a couple of good movies, too. Not as good. Like, he made The Guard... And Calvary, oh. and I think most recently War on Everyone, which is in my Amazon queue, which I haven't watched yet. The Guard was uh, what Brandon, also Brandon Gleason, Brandon Gleason and, uh, and Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yeah. And then the uh, Calvary is also Brandon Gleason. That movie's okay. Um, and uh, this other one has uh, Alexander Skarsgård and I think Michael Pena. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Martin McDonough. Has only done in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and Three Billboards Out. That's crazy. He's a he's a playwright. He does plays. Mostly. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a playwright and a play director, and then now he did stuff. I think he also did he won an, win an Oscar for his short film. Maybe I'm making that up. I want to hit. I want him to do a Hawkeye movie. Why? But it's like Hawkeye back in his little farm town with his family. Mm, did you hear that in the movie <laughs> Tag? Uh, because. Jeremy Renner broke both of his arms on the set. He had to, they replaced him with computer arms for a couple of scenes. He broke both his arms on the set. Yeah, and so then what in that the movie hell? he's got computer arms. How did he break both his arms on the set of a tag movie? I don't know. He tagged someone too hard, and also apparently in Avengers: uh, Infinity War, spoiler alert, he'll be in that fourth one. He also has computer arms in that movie too. Because he broke both his arms. Yeah. Wow, that's really weird. That's how strange. does he put on his pants? Seriously, um, jeez. Okay, well, hey, good for him. He wore spray-on pants. 
I met. Uh, I know. I was buddy. I, I tried to be buddies with this person. With Jeremy Renner? No, 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 no. It was this guy that was back in our hometown, and and the dude had some issues. But the first time I ever met this guy, he had two broken arms. He walked up to me with two casts, hmm. and I'm like, "Damn, this guy is a real Jeremy Renner." This guy's hardcore. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, Seven Psychopaths. For anybody who's wondering. It's a movie that's starring Sam Rockwell, Colin Farrell, uh, Christopher Walken, Woody Harrelson, who I thought was pretty funny in that movie, because uh, he was the villain, mm-hmm. right? So he was like really trying to be a, a, a tough dude and really trying to be violent and all that, and he was, but then there was just these little pockets of him being like kind of, you know, on the softer side, yeah, right? Which fun. was great. So, um, yeah, good movie. Looking after his dog. Yeah. Speaking of dogs, uh, I watched a couple of, well, I'm gonna, I, 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 a little backstory. So the other day I was like, you know what? I'd never seen those mid eighties Disney movies that they rather you forgot about. Oh God. So I tracked them down and I watched the two movies, at least before the little mermaid saved that <laughs> saved Disney animation. Um, and I'm not. Being hyperbolic, it kind of seriously did. Watch that awesome documentary, Waking Sleeping Beauty, if you want to see the whole story. Uh-huh. Um, I watched Oliver and Company and The Black Cauldron uh, pretty much back to back. Well, we'll start with the better, yeah. the better of them, The Black Cauldron. The bet That was the better of them? The Black Cauldron's not great. It, it's really kind of rushed and also not so good. It's got a pretty cool villain, though. The villain's the best part of the movie by yeah, far. Yeah, he's scary as he's fuck. He's like a fucking skeleton god. He's super scary. I remember that. That's pretty cool. I mean, like, I kind of miss... Um, well, actually... Well, I'll get into this later. Uh, I have a villain problem. A problem with villains in uh, animated features nowadays. Me too. Um, but we will get to that later. Yeah. Like, maybe next episode, too. Next week, everyone. Um, but... Now, he's okay, but like the main character's awful. He sucks. Um, he's just like this whiny bitch, won't do anything, and he's like, "Oh, I want to be a hero, but I'm so weak." <laughs> I don't know what his deal was. And he's got like a magic sword that goes away, no one cares, and doesn't really do anything. The Black Cauldron kind of is whatever, and then like his little dog friend fucking like gets all that skin ripped off off screen, and then yeah. comes back for whatever reason. That villain dies a horrible death because he falls in the black cauldron. Like his fucking skin gets ripped off. It's weird. That is real, and it shows it. Or yeah, there's also a bunch of skeletons. It's a pretty grisly movie when it comes to like the villain shit. But yeah. not really great. There's a part like the movie was hacked to ribbons. Apparently, it was like they cut out 12 minutes of the movie. I think. Oh. Um, and it kind of shows, but also their characters will be introduced and they'll go with the characters in one scene. They'll be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out of here. And they'll leave. And I feel like that was like a rewrite because like they should have, they feel like they should be real characters. And this princess character is introduced with like a fucking Navi little glowy ball fairy thing that with her for a scene is never seen again. Oh, except yeah. for like one shot here or there where it'll be like, they have a reaction shot. It's like, is that thing still in the movie? And at the very last scene, everyone's walking in the sunset, and it's there again. It's like, what the fuck is that? Like, is that thing? Like, what is? Where's it going? What happened? Yeah, it like got cut out of the movie because it's probably too expensive to animate everyone. Like the the lighting because it emits light, and there's like shadows around everything. It's probably too oh. expensive to animate or something. So they just cut it out of the movie, but it's not gone. <laughs> it's really weird. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't um didn't someone pretty famous work on this movie? Wasn't it like Tim Burton or something? Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, that's what I remember about the movie. Lots I've I've remember. only seen maybe five minutes of Black Cauldron, and it's when it showed that villain, and he's like, I'm going to kill you and send you to hell and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, holy shit. And my dad's like, oh, yeah, that's Black Cauldron. I'm like, oh, it's a darker Disney movie, Dad. Yeah, but like it's got a gaggle of who cares awful main characters aren't really characters, and like... yeah. Which, uh, but it's at least sort of a movie compared to Oliver and Company, which is not a movie at all. What is Oliver? Oliver and Company, Company like? is seventy fin- minutes, literally like seventy-five minutes. A dog strutting around, and that's it. There's no, there's barely a story. There's barely characters. The main character is a cat, Oliver. It's supposed to be like an Oliver twist thing that's very loose. Uh huh. Cat's not a character. <laughs> Billy Joel voices a dog who isn't a character. Really? And all these dogs strut around. They sing a couple of songs, but there's like barely a story. It's like the loosest adaptation of Oliver Twist you could possibly imagine. None of the characters make sense. They all make stupid decisions, and they they don't have any motivation. Bette Midler plays a dog, which is pretty great, though. She has a pretty good oh, song nice. sequence. It's actually kind of well animated. It's just the laziest sort of like whatever, who cares movie I've like of, of the that I've seen. It might be one of it might Walt Disney Animation's worst movie. Well, the interesting thing is of that I've seen, I haven't seen all of them. So Black Cauldron came out in 1985. Mm-hmm. It only made 21 million dollars. Oliver and Company came out in 1988, made 74 million dollars. I don't know if that's good. I mean, that sounds pretty good for being that. Well, it says 54.3 there, there. Well, Domestic lifetime. lifetime Gross. Yeah, as opposed I think it might have been re-released then or something. As opposed to uh, Black Cauldron, which was sort of looks like it was just sealed up in a vault. Well, they were both about. not very successful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, interesting. But, yeah, that movie's just so, like, it's like it's pointless. It's got no point to it. Would you say there is an equivalent... Uh, Disney movie, sort of like, like if there's like a, uh, like I guess, to, like I look at this, right? And I think to myself, we probably witnessed something like this where it's sort of like off brand, no one saw it, and that would probably be like Treasure Planet, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of in the same vein. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, very similar. And it's then, in the terms of like it being one of those like forgotten movies. Yeah. Yeah. Treasure Planet's a million times better than Black Cauldron, though. Oh, is it? Okay. Most, yeah. Now, if you had to pick between Treasure Planet and Titan AE... Oh, Treasure Planet. Like, yeah? I, Treasure Planet's good until the Treasure Planet part, I think. Uh, I mean, Titan AE has those 3D weird Protoss villains, though. Yeah, it's got Matt Damon. Matt Damon? He's the main character. No, you're thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio. Isn't that Matt Damon? No. Look it up! It is Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. Are you sure? In, uh, in um... Look it up. Titan AE? I remember that. You want to know why I remember that? Because I was going to see that with my dad and my brother, right? And this was back when, like, Leon... What? Ha! The fuck? Matt Damon, fuck you! What is going on? It's Matt Damon. Wow. My mind is just 50 bucks. You owe me $50. I don't owe you 50 bucks. We cut that part out, but you said I'll pay you 50 bucks. You want to know a silly story, then? I'm going to tell you a silly story. Alex. Silly wrong story. Please do. So, uh, back when this came out, I was going to see this with my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. And my brother was running late. And so we left without him. And there was a whole fight and all this, right? So we left without him, right? And I remember before this movie came out, it was like everybody hated Leonardo DiCaprio. And I guess my faulty intel was, mm-hmm. oh, Leonardo DiCaprio is the voice actor in this movie. And my brother and I are like, huh, Leonardo DiCaprio sucks. But I'll see the movie because it looks good, right? 
But then after my brother didn't see it with us, he's like, oh, I bet the movie sucked because of Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> well, he wasn't even in the movie. Wasn't even Leonardo. Hey, everybody. Look at me with egg on my face. Titan A. Titan A. Titan egg on my face. Yeah, that was Don Bluth's last movie, was it not? Don Bluth. It, okay, this is co-directed by Don Bluth and Gary Goldman. Uh, Don Bluth, let's see Yeah, Don Bluth, his last directorial thing was Titan A, yes. Cool. I mean, yeah. I guess not. That movie was okay. That was the only thing I remember about that movie specifically. I remember bits and pieces. Uh-huh. But like, well, the only real takeaway I got from that movie is I was, well, when did that come out? 2000? 2000. Oh, what a great year. <laughs> um, so I probably saw it late 2000. I saw it on video. And the only thing I took away from the movie is I, when I discovered the cliche of sexy silhouettes. Oh, because there's a scene in that movie with the sexy silhouette. I'm like, this is a thing. Why is this a thing? This is stupid. Was it for the girl in the movie? Yeah, yeah. They made her just way, way hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember like I don't know. It's like oh, let me you know put on a shirt or something, and there's a sexy silhouette. And like this, right. like, and I realized this was a, I realized it was a cliche, and that it was dumb. You know? Yeah, it was like you never have that where you, where you realize something's a cliche because that. That was that for me. Uh, I mean, I don't remember not, that at the time. Not that specific thing, but just something in I general. Was a, I was a little stupid kid, but you're older than I was. Um, in, th- in 2000, I was like 12 or was, 13. Still, I was 10. Yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, it's it's. Uh, yes, I know exactly what you mean when you're watching something, and you're well, like, you know. hey, that's a cliche. Like, I don't know, I remember, like, you know, I don't remember what movie it was, but I remember when I first just, like, realized Chekhov's gun, where they show something, and it's like, oh, that's coming back, because they showed it, you know? Right, yeah. And then it didn't come back, I'm like, what the fuck? Why, why was the, what was that insert, sh- the ins- insert shot for? And I got all annoyed. Yes. And you know what really bugs me? You know, my number one, uh, the cliche that I hate the most is when someone has a little locket, and they open it up, and there's a picture of... Them and whoever, and that's how you know they care about this person. When was the last time you gave anybody a locket, Alex? Well, when was the last time someone gave you a locket? Aren't all these movies from like 1940 where people actually had lockets, though? No, there's movies. I I can't, I don't know which movies these are, but I I swear to you, this is still a thing that happens where someone's like, oh, I'm opening up up my watch, and here's a picture of me and my The only recent movie that does it well is what we do in the shadows, because it it was like, I have this silver pendant, and I put a picture in it, isn't that... Well, that was funny, yeah. yeah. It's it's a joke, though. Yeah. But I just, I hate, man... Or like, they open their wallet, and they're like, oh, here's a picture for the audience to know that I have a wife and kid, or whatever, you know? Who are these people? Yeah. It'd be funny if the main character was just confused. I mean, you know what would make the most sense, honestly, nowadays, is if someone turns on their, activates their smartphone or whatever, and yeah. then the screen like is just them and their yeah, that, whoever. Yeah, that's, that's a right? good short form, actually. That's pretty yeah. clever. Um, Take that, Hollywood. You know, it's a good movie that does that. It's <laughs> the- Memento, where it's like, I have all these Polaroids with what the fuck I'm supposed to be remembering on them. Actually, that was kind of cool. That's actually a really good movie. Yeah. God, it's been a while since I've seen that. That movie fucking changed my life. Did it really? It was pretty, like, I was like, man, I've never seen a movie like this before where it's just so, like, doesn't, it's so disrespectful of time. So well, it disrespectful. Yeah. It's a cool movie. 
Really, really good. Um, anyways, we're getting later on in the episode. Sure. So why don't we talk about another cool movie? Okay. The coolest it's Coolsville. We're we're gonna take we're taking the film testing voyage oh. all the way to Coolsville. <laughs> With Ocean's Eight, the Gary Ross directed Coolsville Coolerton movie where it's uh, a bunch of ladies heisting cool shit. Um, Mike, what do you think of Ocean's Eight? Ocean's Eight. You know that was a delightful, fun. Um, that was just a fun time at the theater. I think it did pretty well too, yeah. right? It was a pretty successful flick. I would call Ocean's Eight the second and a half best Ocean's movie. Second and a half. Because I don't remember if Ocean's Thirteen is better or worse. Uh, Ocean's it's- Thirteen was just them having fun with a drill. Yeah, I kind of feel like Ocean's <laughs> Eight was just sort of like, yeah, it's fun and like that's it. Where Ocean's Twelve was just kind of bad, but Ocean's Eleven is still the best. Ocean's Eleven is a classic. Uh, oh, Ocean's Twelve didn't need to be made. Ocean's Thirteen didn't. really The only need to problem be made. upon rewatching Ocean's Eleven is that Julia Roberts' character is superfluous and kind of sexist because she's just a, a, a trophy to be won and not a real person. Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I absolutely agree Which, with you. Which, upon rewatching that movie, is like, oh, that's a little like, you know, I little kid me was like, whatever, but looking at adult <laughs> me, it like rewatches that, I'm like, oh, that's that's a pity. Yeah. Because she's like, man, Danny Ocean, you're a big piece of shit, you son of a bitch, I never want to see you again. And then, like, she goes, <laughs> Terry Benedict's like, I love money more than women. Fuck that lady. And then she's like, well, I'll just go back to Danny Ocean because he's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, why, why yeah. are you going back to nobody? Uh, that, I mean, you know... I think that was another movie that came out in the year 2000, right? That 2001, was... a good year. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a pretty good year. Um, there was like right. two good movies in 2000. One of them was Requiem for a Dream, and the other <laughs> one was something else. Requiem for a Dream is a quote-unquote good movie. I mean, like, it's a real... I could never watch that movie It's a classic uh, yeah. in terms of, like, you know, it's a, not a rewatchable classic, but it's a classic. Keith David, how dare you? Well, I mean... How dare you, Keith David? Keith David's character. Let's you not know, besmirch you did. the good name of Keith David in this room. You know you did, Keith David. No. <laughs> uh, this dick ain't gonna suck itself or whatever he says. Oh, God, I know. Okay, well, I mean, uh, movies in 2000, though, I, like, because we keep talking about it... I, I only know of a few. I feel like we've gone through this before, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty sparse. Well, hold on there. Hold on there, Tiger, because Memento came out in the year 2000. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's not to say there weren't Gladiator. good movies. I'm talking about like... Crouching the- Tiger, Hidden Dragon, American Psycho. That was not bad. Yeah, no, but like compared to like 2007, yeah. the, it's, the general, it's a weak year. The gist, it was There was pretty are more... Weak. Bad movies that year. Castaway, 2000. Almost Famous, that was a pretty good one. There's a lot of good movies. X-Men, you're going to tell me X-Men's bad? All right. I don't know, I haven't seen it since like 2000. So. Actually, the first one's kind of rough. Yeah. The second one's better. Scary movie. Can you not watch, uh, uh, I mean. Snatch. Okay, Snatch is fine. No, there's a lot of fine movies, but like, yeah, yeah Old Brother, where I thought that's a movie that changed my life. Here's the thing, I'm just curious, you know what I'm saying? Um... But I totally, I totally agree with you. Like it was a bad year. For example, Mission Impossible Two came out in two thousand. Uh, Meet the Parents. That was fine. I kind of feel like the more like, I don't know. I just feel like it's just like the big blockbusters of that year were just sort of lame. Yes, Pitch Black. That was that was a great I one. Saw Pitch Black. Only only the Chronicles of Riddick, which is very very bad. The Beach. Oh yeah, Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you should see Pitch Black. That one. When we better. talking about Ocean's Eight, should we get back to Ocean's Eight? Yes. Sorry, I totally derailed. Uh, oh, Unbreakable. Okay. Oh, Battlefield Earth. Anyways, um, yes, Ocean's Eight. So, Alex, uh, give you a little uh, context here. Also, full spoilers from here on out. 
86. It's gotten 86 million back. We don't. It has a 70 million dollar budget. That's but fine. I mean, it's still in theaters. It's still doing great, right? So sure. And worldwide, it's at 123 million. It's doing fine. So it's it's good. I it's a success. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> we don't, we don't need to go through the box office for every movie. Well, whatever. You okay, know. fine. It's just fun. It's just fun info to have. I guess it's true. Uh, yeah. So. It was fun. It was fun, breezy, fun entertainment. Like I, I was there and I was having a pretty good time the whole time. I wasn't like having a blast. I wasn't, no. but I wasn't bored or nothing. I will say the movie is more. The more I sat on the movie, the less pleased I was with it, though. Yeah. Because the longer I had to think about it, I was like, wait a second, that was lazy. Like the the problem I've had with the movie is a couplefold, and one it doesn't like it didn't seem like they struggled very much with their heist it was very easy well it's like i've been thinking about this thing for five years it's airtight and there we go it's like well first of all how it raises the question how do you know things like who's going to be where and what and like it seems like it's a very it went out pretty well for not for you know conjuring all these variables in your head in solitary confinement sandra bullock um and then two every time there was like an issue it was like immediately solved without much tension Right. Yeah. Nothing went wrong and had to be fixed in a fun way, like, or nothing went wrong. Seem like in Ocean's Eleven, also things like seemingly went wrong, but were all part of the plan. That was the big twist, I think, was at the end where it's yeah, like you thought things were going badly, and then mm. you figure, and then at the end, it's like, oh, surprise! This was our plan, right? Yeah. Like in this one, things go wrong, but like. Because Anne Hathaway, like, figures them out, sort of. But then they're like, hey, Anne Hathaway, you want to cut? And she's like, yeah, okay. It's like, that was easy. That was a kind of a weird twist, which I called in the beginning. Because that's not hard to call. I called every twist in this movie, actually. I don't want to brag. I'm like, I toot my own horn. But, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious. I think everyone could have probably guessed that Anne Hathaway would have been involved at some point. Just because there's only seven people in their crew. Oh, it's yeah. called Ocean's 8. Yeah. And then two, the other thing was when they showed that gallery room full of all the sparkly jewels and the mannequins and, and like, oh, that's the real heist. Oh, They're going to yeah. really heist those. And the other thing is just sort of another piece of it. And I and that turned out to be the thing. But another complaint is that they didn't show the cool heist. That was like a little flashback that wasn't organically in, in, involved in the actual heist. Yeah. And I was like, why didn't we see that part? It, it, I Yeah. I Generally speaking, I agree with you. Uh yeah, the like okay with Ocean's Eleven, and I can really only say this about Ocean's Eleven because I don't feel like twelve or thirteen really had this. It had a momentum, right? It had like uh, suspense. You're you're in suspense the entire time. Yeah, and you're wondering like, oh, is this gonna work? Is that gonna work? What's you know? Like for example, uh, Steven Soderbergh just did Logan Lucky, uh, which is a movie you know another heist movie. Same director as Ocean's Eleven for those who don't know. Yeah, uh, in that movie. Adam Driver's fake arm gets sucked off into a vacuum, and it's like a whole, like, oh, geez, it's going to cause some issues. Oh, my God. You know, it's like it's a little thing like that. That didn't go to point to plan. It wasn't actually fixed right away. It's like right. those little kind of things. Did not like that movie. I did, so whatever. <laughs> but that's fine. Not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I did not like it. I thought it was also breezy fun. I would recommend it over this one, but they're both kind of just breezy heist movies that aren't classic, but they're pretty good. You know, something I feel like Ocean's 8 did right, mm -hmm. it, but also kind of uh, maybe could I could have done less with is they had a couple cameos from the Ocean's 11 series, uh -huh. and I felt like they didn't need it. 
I felt like they really didn't need it. I thought I, the one like having uh the acrobat. No, not him. The what's the other guy? Oh, the oh shit! Name. Uh, I I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, me you're, too. You're on the page. Yeah, me down. too. Uh, it's it's uh who Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Raul Gould. Raul Gould himself. <laughs> uh, like that was all right. That was a fine way to connect the two series. But then I, I was okay with him. Yeah. Because the context was fine, right? Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, I'm here for a second. Goodbye. Yeah. The other guy, I was like, man, come on. Don't, like, bring him back to solve the problem. Like I, That problem, that very was very problematic to me because uh, two things. A, it relies, makes it, so it relies too much on the first Oceans trilogy. If you're trying to do this cool, like, separate separate thing, right, it you 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 you're breaking that when you're relying too heavily on having to see at least the first movie, right? When yeah. You're not, when you're trying to be a spinoff, that's totally. bad. Um, mostly, and most it's mostly bad because it's cheap. It's hey, look, now it's a character that you know. But hey, our heist got solved because of this lit thing that we haven't introduced properly. I know. It's come out of nowhere. If you didn't know who this was, it literally comes out of nowhere. It's it's a character we don't know. If I have never seen Ocean's Eleven, and then there we go, we saw we did another heist, right? Easy, and then easy, he, no problem. And then that's the thing is like, so he's not a part of the group, yeah. I guess or he's gonna like, cut? what the fuck? Yeah, that was. Well, I had to do the math because they they do the math and say now all your cuts are like thirty seven million or whatever, and it's the eight of them. But like, where the hell is he? Yeah, like, <laughs> like uh, he's like the most important member of this fucking thing. Like, well, and that's the problem. That's the problem I had with it is like if he wasn't there, what would they have done? And that and that's the thing is they should have had a character instead of him be a part of that part. And you know, like yeah, instead of just bringing in an old cast member from another movie, Even I don't James know. Corden they should have James Corden. Yeah, be that guy because it'd be really doing funny to see him doing tricks. flips. Yeah, yeah. His part in the movie was great. Eh. He was he was delightful. He wasn't bad. It was just sort of like I've seen it done better. Yeah, I don't know. It was just sort of mostly because it was kind of like he's going around interviewing people. It's like, why aren't you interviewing like the blonde woman who's the actress whose name I can't remember and I can't remember her character. Kate Blanchett? No, 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 no. The other one, the housewife. Oh. The one who was actually working at the gala who found the necklace and he didn't bother interviewing her at all. Oh. I'm sure her alibi was awful. <laughs> what did you think of the different cast members specifically i like well uh none of them are bad i like i like what they do i feel like they were kind of underwritten though i feel like i didn't and oh maybe it's because they were a few of them were yeah i feel like they weren't broad enough because like rihanna and aquafina are both kind of more quiet street hustly types so they don't really have a lot of time to sort of like yeah chew on scenery i guess where in like oceans 11 like all 11 of those dudes have like their bits that they're chewing on scenery and they all have a funny line and stuff right and like most of these characters don't really have a funny line or like a funny bit. Like the main two characters are pretty great, um, and I really liked Helena Bottom Carter. Yes, I, she I was, was very fantastic. happy about that because I haven't seen her in a movie. Like I haven't. I feel like it's been forever since I've seen her in uh, any movies. Um, I don't know. Something I'm going to connect this to one other thing later, uh-huh. and then we'll wrap the episode. Sure, so remind me of that. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, like. Uh, Rihanna and Aquafina, Mindy Kaling, like, I, like they just sort of like were background characters. I, didn't, I can't. Well, they were sort of like whatever, and and also the other actress. What's her name? Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson, thank who's you. great, by the way. If you ever watch uh, O.J. Simpson versus the whatever it is, versus the people, I've, the American people. Crime Story. Yeah, 
Um, she's great in that. She's awesome in that. But O.J. In this, Simpson's versus the world, where you should fight those seven evil ex boyfriends. Yeah. Um, but in he this, he gets to murder seven evil ex boyfriends. <laughs> ha ha. That's uh, yeah. Too soon, man. Too no. Oh, I'm just kidding. Like Fifty years. But no, I agree. Like, I feel like there was four act actors, actresses that stole the show, and then there was four that really didn't do much. And oh, yeah, Anne Hathaway's fantastic, I thought. Anne Hathaway's great. There's that scene, like, I think, people don't like Anne Hathaway for whatever reason, I never really understood it, but there's that scene where she's in the mirror and she's like, I'm fucking fat, I'm a piece of shit, <laughs> and she, like, and then she has to, like, she psychs herself up into, like, being that and then psychs herself out of it. All in one take is a really good piece of acting. Yeah, yeah. No, she's great. Um, I will be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like... Um, Hollywood is really trying to make Rihanna happen, and I haven't seen it yet. It's probably her best movie, I guess. I haven't seen her in that many things. Even then, though. even then, I, I she okay. wasn't that good in Valerian, which is the only no. other movie I've seen. Her. She wasn't like she, her dance sequence was fun, but like when she started talking, no, it, it was, was kind of like it wasn't good. Yeah. I wouldn't call it like offensively bad. It was just sort of like it wasn't eh. offensively bad. I've seen worse. But here's the thing: when you can sit there and be like, well. There's like a hundred people that probably could have done this better. Yeah. Then that's a problem, right? Uh-huh. But you know. I mean, maybe that's why she didn't have that many lines. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, like she was good as the hacker person, but like for what she needed to do, she was fine. But know? like again, I think it was just I miss. I'm. Uh, none of them really stood out. There's just not that Rihanna moment in the movie. There's not that moment where I'm like, oh. And that part with Rihanna, that yeah, exactly. Was so like, funny. Every part, Ocean's Eleven. I think it was written well enough that everyone in that gang had at least like. And really, just the first one. Just the first one. Because yeah. I think, like, like I agree with you. I think Ocean's Eight is the is. I think it's better than thirteen and twelve. I, I think it's impossible to be better than eleven. Probably not, not impossible. Well, Again, like you guys got to be less sort of classic Hollywood sexist, and then there you go. But here's the thing: is like, uh, well, what? That's not what I mean. I I just mean like it's a it's a it's nearly a perfect movie for a heist all. movie. That's all. Um, but like twelve, for instance, like you know, in contrast, it's like Bernie Mac had nothing to do. Bernie Mac oh, was yeah. just sitting there. Carl the whole Reiner time. left the movie at one point. Yeah. Um, you know, in thirteen, they're all just. Sitting around while a drill went through something, and that's it. Yeah, and it's like, wait, you're adding cast members to this? There's 13 of them now. It doesn't need to be. Eh, I mean, it was fine. Yeah. Um. So, like, the thing is, like, if they made Ocean's Nine, like, I'd be down. I'd be. Oh well, first of all, I want Ocean's Nine, but like, yeah. I can't like like I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for these characters to come back. It's like I can't wait for like three or four of these characters to come back. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe they'll just have more time to, you know, they'll have a chance to develop the other. Hopefully, yeah. But like, if they like left, like I wouldn't, I would, the hole there wouldn't be a hole there. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah. Um, and also like I'm just trying to think. The weakest characters in Ocean Eleven are probably Casey Affleck and Scott Con. But even then, they're like together. They're a fun bickery banter couple, and that's why well, they that, work. Yeah, I think that was their that was their gimmick, right? Yeah, everyone had a fun gimmick. I think the gimmicks in in this. Maybe this is too subtle. I don't know. Because, like, know. I'm a hacker. I'm a pickpocket. Yeah. Also, how the hell did Mindy Kaling get the fucking jewelry, like, thing? Like, a whole, like, workstation toolkit inside that building. How did everyone get jobs at that thing? Uh... Like, I feel like Ocean's Eleven did a really good job of explaining where the fuck everyone got <laughs> jobs, right? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I, you know, honestly, man, it, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I I I honestly haven't picked it apart that much to really even think about that. But you know, it's worth it's worth thinking about. Yeah, well, I mean, like in the first, in Ocean's Eleven, and it's an Ocean's movie, so it, 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 you can compare it. That's you know, sure, yeah. Uh, like there's the one they go through a whole thing just to get one guy that key card to get into the back room, right? Uh-huh. The sweaty guy because he's got a. He's probably the least interesting, memorable character, and even then, I remember him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the very nervous dude, and then like you know, and that's a whole thing. And then when that, the, in that during heist, when the the two brothers are posing as security guards, they have to be like, "Where the fuck's your ID badge, you idiot? Oh, you left," you know, and they have to like break their way into the into the back room. <laughs> yeah, and this one like everyone's like, "I'm a, I'm working as a chef," but you know, nobody signed me in or nothing. Doesn't matter. I didn't have to hack my way in or nothing. I just I'm just working here, and everyone buys it. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's Yeah, no, I agree. Those details are not the, the those details are not in this movie. Which bu- which bugs me. I, I like to see the heist perfectly set up and perfectly like you know, a good heist is all set up and all payoff and the in this one it was like there was payoff but like there was no setup. Yeah. Yeah. With that said, Alex, uh I know you have a different rating for movies th- than I do, so uh, I want to know your rating in the movie. It's very fun, very breezy fun. Two and a half out of four. Two and a half out of four. Okay. Almost three out of four, but again, I had time to stew on it. And the more I stewed, the more I was just like, "Oh, this is very loose, Larry. You know, it's yeah. not airtight. It's it's leaking all over the place." <laughs> I'd say like a because uh, I go I go out of ten, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd say I could comfortably say like a seven point five out of ten. Mm, base twenty. Eh? What's that? Base twenty. You're doing ten by point fives. So yes. That's twenty points. Out of yes. What okay, can I so say? So like a 14 out of 20. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. A 14 out of 20, yes. Uh, uh, a, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd recommend yeah. it, like if you wanted to see a good heist, like a fun heist movie, but like if it, you know, if you're not, it, you know, don't rush to the theater, I guess, if you don't really care. Listen, if you're looking to take someone out on that on that great date... On that great date night. It's a great date movie, that's for and, sure. And the two of you are, uh, you know, hardworking adults that wish you could just fucking fuck over the system. Go see Ocean's 8. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's a good <laughs> reason to see a movie. Even though you're playing into the system's hand by seeing a movie. That's right. We'll just steal the ticket. Dun, 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 dun. Can't fight the pressure. I love that, that Mission Impossible I, trailer. Listen... Every time they try to do something with the Mission Impossible theme, it's... I like it's, that trailer it's a lot. Fut- it's fut- I want to hear it. It's futile. It's a all good, right? That trailer is great. The new trailer, though, the the, 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 the trailer uh-huh. sucks. Oh. It's so generic. That first trailer, though, makes me pumped. I I think the song is a little bit a little bit silly. It's also, definitely not as silly as the Limp Biscuit cover of the song. Well, but it's just the trailer song. Yeah. Anyways, I'm announcing it here right now. Exclusive Fantastic Voyage exclusive. Uh huh. Mission Impossible rewatch. I'm doing it. It's gonna oh, happen. Cool. So you'll soon in a couple weeks, everyone. Once I finally get my fucking Blu-rays in the mail, you will hear all about those three movies. You're buying all of them. They're good. At least three of them are good. I don't Man. remember the first one at all. Is it like a box set you're it's buying? A, yeah, the five movies box. Okay, good. It cost me twenty bucks. That's okay. Then never mind. That's that's fine. I was gonna say, man, if you're buying Mission Impossible two, how dare you? Well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> I like John Woo. He signed a copy of one of my movies. Tell you what, I'll go ahead and rewatch 
just Mission Impossible 2, because I would love to talk to you about that. Okay, we'll do it in yeah. next time we record. All right, I'll sync. Maybe not, I'll, not next episode, but you know. I'll sync my watch. Yeah. Um, take off your, your rubber mask and uh, reveal that it wasn't you the whole time or whatever those movies are about. And then yeah. We'll other spy things. Anyway, speaking of spy things, before we end the episode, Helena Bonham Carter is yes. rumored to be the villain of the new James Bond movie. Oh, that'd be great. Which would be super cool. And that reminds me, what did you have to tell me? What did you have to say to my face about that Bond movie I watched? Oh, huh? Doc- Oh, Doctor No? Yeah, Helen You didn't want to talk about it in a segment? There's not much to talk about. Like, what's your deal? Oh, it's fine. I've- I I just, I think, uh, you know, it, it's... Uh... It's fine. It's good. It's, it's fine. good. It's slow. It's I, fine. But what like, I was surprised was you gave it a four out of five stars. Well, three out of four for me. But on on I'm sorry. Yeah, that's three, on Letterbox. It's four everyone. out of five. But for me, that's a three out of four. I don't I don't rate movies by half or one star because all right for several reasons. I know it, I know it games the system, and I'm sorry, everyone. But I just. <laughs> I've been rating things out of four stars my whole life. It's hard to break the habit. All and right. also, I just kind of can't justify... I feel bad giving something half a star out of five. It's like, well, this movie at least was like filmed by people. That's true. It has some sort of merit. That's true. So I can't like be like, this movie doesn't deserve to exist. It's like, you know, it's just a thing. What I find interesting about Dr. No is it's... it it On the spectrum of Bond movies, it's one of those... It's one of the movies I hear about less. It's because it's it's a it's a it's a slow start. Introduces a lot of fun t- stuff. It's like you know, but like it's no it's no from Russia with love or whatever. That is the first James Bond movie, correct? No, Doctor No is. That's what I mean. Doctor No is. Sorry. Yes, Doctor No is. Doctor No is the first Sean Connery and first James Bond. Yeah, so it movie. gets a lot of stuff right, but compared to the rest, it's very slow. It's like the Star Wars Episode Four of the James Bond universe, which is like. Very classical, yeah, but also kind of slow compared to the rest. Well, and I, I thought the I thought it was funny. The gimmick of Doctor No was he reveals. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but he reveals his hands, and they're just like weird, like fish hands or no, something. No, he's got robot right? hands. Oh, he's got robot hands. Okay, which at least to his undoing because he can't grab things good with his metal <laughs> robot hands. He can't climb this pipe, and then he dies. Uh, okay. Also. In the movie, they're like, oh, that Chinese guy. And then he shows up and he's like the least Chinese looking guy. But the movie is like, I'm half Chinese, half German. So I was like, okay, I guess you can get away with that. Well, you know, the 60s. Yeah. There you go. They drew Spectre in that movie. The whole shebang. Nice. I don't remember what his plan was. It was still kind of something about shooting down, not shooting down. I mean, I kind of got his plan, but it wasn't like end of the world types. Uh, Actually, what I heard is he had no plan. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah, that one's fine. It's good. It's like in the middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's better than View to a Kill, that's for sure. Still need to see it. Oh god. All right. Yeah. At your own risk. Yeah. Anyways, that was a whole feature length episode of. Or wait, what was feature length? Was seventy five minutes? What, what did we agree on? What was the rules? Oh, it it's different. Minutes. There's different rules. Well, for then we're things. well safe into the feature length. This is a feature length episode of the Film Tested Voyage, as per usual. You're welcome, America. Uh, if you want to reach us, we're at filmtestedvoyage.com, filmtestedvoyage.gmail.com, and we're on Facebook. And also, if you want to find us on Letterboxd, I'm Batman Crothers. I'm Mr. Kerosene. Uh, hey, everybody. We're a part of a bigger podcast network, the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. There are a ton of 
podcast you should check out on this network. This is hours of fun, Alex. Days even. Days How even. How many we have? We're near, what was it, 93 episodes. That means we have, every episode is an hour. We have like three and a half days of episodes. That's right. Rounding down. Uh, that's right. Um, listen, everybody, you can check out all the podcasts, including ours, on Let Me Listen Podcast SoundCloud or iTunes. Leave some comments. Leave some ratings. Tell your friends about us. Going on summer vacation. It's officially summer. Why don't you hang out with your pals, Mike and Alex, on this <laughs> vacation? You're on the plane. You're on the beach. You don't want to listen to nothing. Are you just trying to stay out of that scorching sun? Hang back inside and uh, listen to some Filmtastic Voyage. The voices don't can't get sunscreen. Or sun, I, well, yeah, you know, whatever I said. <laughs> The voices, yeah, the voices can't the, get sunscreen. You know, maybe that uh, should be the episode title. It is. It totally <laughs> now is. Now it is. It totally is. <laughs> so um, everyone at the in the beginning is like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? You have to wait to literally the last second to understand what the episode is People are about. just chewing on their nails in anticipation for that very last, after an hour and 15 minutes, and they're like, oh, finally. And their nails are just nubs now because they're just so anxious hanging on the ed- edge of their finally seat. Finally get what the fuck it's supposed to say. Yeah. All right, everybody, listen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. God, I'm tired. So beat from movies. Uh, we'll, 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 uh, you'll be hearing from us next time. Thank you.